Hello, and welcome to today's episode where I introduce to you Dr. Ravi. I am so excited to share this interview because I really think that you're going to understand and learn some amazing things about homeschooling. Um, He is truly an amazing guy. He is so super smart and actually has multiple college degrees. I think he actually spends the first few minutes going over all of his degrees and his credentials that he has. He moved here in 1989 from Sri Lanka and received a PhD in physics. He then worked as a senior research physicist at Goodyear. And then he decided to become just completely a different change and become a uh, medical physicist and work in cancer care, specifically radiology, for almost 14 years. Then he decided to make another change and decided to change careers and become a naturopathic holistic doctor for the past six years. So he has done and been and seen so many different things. He has a 20-year-old daughter that currently is going to medical school, and now he also has a six-year-old daughter that he is currently homeschooling, and he is going to tell you why he prefers homeschooling over public schooling any day. So I'm so excited to share this interview and I hope you learn a lot because I know I have and I'm super excited to share it with you. Hi friends, are you ready to homeschool but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Okay, Dr. Ravi, let's go ahead and get started. So the first thing I want to ask you is go ahead and tell us a little bit about your credentials and what you've done and what you do. Okay, so originally, I'm from Sri Lanka originally, so just so people know, and I came to the United States in 1989, and I have, you know, I have a PhD in physics. I was a medical physicist for a long time. So I worked in cancer care for probably around 14 years in various hospitals out here in Cleveland and in the Michigan area. Uh, of course, I, you know, towards the end of that career, I could kind of sense that medicine was not going in the right direction as far as helping people. So I decided to uh, change careers completely and go into what I was always passionate about, and that was holistic health. So I went back to school for four years and became a a naturopath, both certified holistic health practitioner, and opened my own practice here in Lakewood, Ohio about six years ago, so to this date. So six years ago, I started my own thing, and I've been doing that for a while. And then, uh, of course, you know, we we have a 
seven-year-old kid. Schooling came, you know, what we were thinking about her schooling. And then I decided that, you know, my wife and I decided we were going to homeschool her. So then I quit my hospital job in 2016 when she was about six months old. Decided to be a stay-at-home dad so I could work from home, do my practice as well as, you know, start to homeschool her. So that's kind of where we are right now. And I, I also am looking to at running for the uh, Lakewood, Ohio City School Board, uh, because I think it's very important that people who have some common sense run for these positions uh, and then, you know, try to make sure that our kids get the, those who opt to go to public schools, get the education and the uh, aspects of education that we think makes sense. So that's kind of where we are at this moment. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot to unpack. You have an amazing life. You moved here from Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. in 1989. You received uh, your medical degree, PhD and MD. No, no. So I'm a PhD and an ND. ND. Yeah. You got your PhD. You worked in the the uh, labs. Mm -hmm. So actually, uh, when I initially, so that's uh, you know, like I kind of made that little shot. So originally, I worked. Just after getting my PhD, I worked at in, at Goodyear, so I was like a s- senior research physicist. And then I got laid off from that job, and then I changed my career and I went back to school to become a medical physicist, who actually works in in, in the field of cancer care. So I went did schooling and residence in Michigan, and then I came back to Ohio and I worked at the University Hospitals Cancer Center there for I think six or seven years, and then I was the uh, the chief medical physicist at the County Hospital in Cleveland for the next five years. And then after that, I just quit. Wow. So, yeah, so that's, uh, it's it's not a, a medical uh, MD position, but it's uh, along the same level. But, you know, we work with doctors to make sure that what they order gets delivered to the patient, uh, especially in radiation therapy. So I worked in radiation therapy for 14 years. Okay, so you were in that world, and then you decided to become a naturopathic doctor, completely did a 180, Mm -hmm. and now instead of treating symptoms and from being out there and helping people with symptoms of disease, you're helping to actually see this and help people get healthy, help their Mm -hmm. bodies be healthy so they don't have the symptoms. Such a totally inside out, you know, my husband's a chiropractor. And in chiropractic, we also believe the same theory Mm -hmm. that healing comes from the inside out. If you can heal everything on the inside, eat healthy. You won't need the medical fields on the outside. I love it. Chiropractors were the original naturopaths. So (laughs) yes, yes. It's awesome. I love it. And so, so now you're homeschooling your Mm six-year-old, but you're also running for a position at the school board, but you're not necessarily wanting your child to go back into school. You just want to see a change Mm -hmm. in the school board because you know, somebody has to do it and you think you'd be you would be a really good candidate to do that, correct? Absolutely, yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, at least I uh, hope so. You know, yeah. If not, we'll never know because some of the things that are happening here, I can give you one example, is completely totally outside of the scientific realm or even common sense. So recently, in our city school, the board decided they were going to cut back sixty percent of the school, the the elementary school, music, arts, and physical education programs to replace them with STEM and this social-emotional learning stuff that they're pushing now in schools. To me, at an elementary school level, music and the arts is what creates cognitive learning skills 
and makes these kids think and perform better when they go into the higher grades where those things could be easily taught. They don't have to do it in the elementary school. So some of the things that are happening here doesn't make sense. I mean, and, and, and you know, I was at the, one of the school board meetings and there were, there were people who were actually professors who were up there telling them that this was completely, you know, they were wrong about it, they need to change it, but it seems to fall on deaf ears. So people who get elected to represent the people, and this happens not only in school boards, also in politics, don't seem to kind of listen to the people that elected them mm-hmm. in the first place. So, you know. So in Ohio right now, the, in their school board, they are wanting or have gotten rid of all the arts programs and they want to incorporate social emotional learning in the elementary school. Like and, this and is stem, really happening. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I don't know yes. if I've heard any of that in Florida, but wow. I mean, it's in Ohio, so so it's got to be happening in a lot of states and different counties. And it might be happening in Florida. I just don't know. I homeschool. Yeah. I'm not into the public school system. I don't know what's kind of going on there. So you homeschool your six-year-old. However, you also have another child mm-hmm. that is in college studying to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She's an actually, MD. Yeah. She's actually, yeah, she's in her third year, in, I think third or final year in medical school. Third year because she took a year off. Yep. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Because I'm kind of in the same boat. My husband went through 12 years of school, Mm -hmm. went through four years at UF, got straight A's, went right on to chiropractic school, got good grades. I was a very studious student, a person, opened his practice at the age of 27 and went offline. When I told him I wanted to homeschool, he's like, no problem. Let's do it. Mm even though he he believes in education. So you have gotten many degrees. You're, you raised a daughter who, is, who went to public school, who is now going into college, mm-hmm. but now you've decided to homeschool. So anybody listening that's new to homeschooling or is making a decision to homeschool and think, how is my child going to get an education at home when they need to be at school? I just don't understand. And here you are a professional with degrees. So explain how you know that your six-year-old will be able to do bigger and better things and go on to college if she wants and become educated. I think a lot of people really want to know that answer. Okay. So one of the things that I have to emphasize on is like, you know, to homeschool, I mean, like every parent educates their child on everything the day from the day they're born until they go to school and then their creativity gets all killed because that's not how schools operate, Right. It doesn't matter how educated you are, you're, everybody is capable of educating their children to be great because all children are born with creativity in them. We kill that creativity. And I, I think we, we probably talked about this before, but this, you know, I was watching. One of the reasons that I decided to do this was I watched a video, a YouTube video of a guy who came from the UK to the United States with the idea of changing the way I mean, he's a global education, you know, like reformist. And the guy is really good. Ken, Sir Ken Robinson is his name. And, you know, if anybody's listening, you should definitely watch a couple of his TED Talks and his YouTube videos. They're excellent. I mean, like he, he makes the point that all kids, all kids are, have come with creativity. And our job is to provide the environment to let them explore and and expand on their creativity, which is what education has to be about. And But what happens when you go to school is that they don't care about your creativity, your child's creativity, 
they they cut them into a you know little box and dump them in there and say like you're going to do what's inside of this box you can't like think outside of that box so to me every parent is capable of allowing their child to grow as far as they want to grow and it, you know if you if you do it observe the child and and see where they want to go and every child will show you where they want to go i mean i enjoy so much sitting back and watching my child do things and you know like be creative and let their let their imaginations run right because that's what creates a person who's a critical thinker who's able to think outside the box a problem solver and anybody who can go i mean like people like that can go to college and excel and i i have been an educator i mean i've been i've taught college physics i mean i've seen kids from both sides of the spectrum i see kids who come in and they have all these ideas and they want to go you know they want to make things they want to get make and they're not the others just want to do what they're told and you know they're like they're, they're not interested so like the ones who are interested and want to do stuff those people will be the ones who are trained that way so you know at that point i i wasn't I wasn't smart enough to figure out like who was homeschooled and who was not. But now I see that in every homeschool child that I come across, they have the most imaginative outlook on life. And if you go to school, yes. if you go to public school and they, if they're trying to be imaginative and be creative, they're going to be told they have ADHD and they put on drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what I don't yes. understand. I mean, that's the child trying to be better and trying to like use their creativity and imagination to be more. That's so true. Yeah. So it's what's so interesting is that the child who's maybe sitting in second grade, who doesn't want to sit there, who wants to get up, who wants to talk, who wants to play, that child is considered the child that needs to be put on the medicine mm-hmm. uh, that is not conforming to the box and that the teacher is telling the parent, your child is misbehaving, they're not listening. Mm-hmm. That is so wrong. That is actually what happened with me that my that my son's second grade teacher said he's asking too many questions. And basically yeah. within a week, I pulled him out of school. That was it. There had been some other things and I was I was just done. But someone that's listening, that's that's wanting to take their kids out of school and thinking, but how does school kill a child's creativity? Because when I leave, when my kids are home, all they want to do is sit around and play games on the TV or sit and watch TV. But maybe they're just doing that because they're at school all day and mm-hmm. their brains are full yes. of seven hours a day. And then come the weekend, they don't want to do anything. Right. Right. So, yeah. so you have to realize that your child might need some de-schooling if you were mm-hmm. going to homeschool them to just get out of that education mindset and to really understand they might not even know what they want or what their yeah. passions or their desires are yet because they're just ingrained to go sit, sit for seven hours Listen to a teacher. Yeah, so they're they're looking for an outlet, and you're exactly right. The problem is, I think, you know, what I also notice is a lot of parents, when the kids are young, they, so we introduce the children to these distractions because it's convenient for us, right? So, you know, when, when, and I I noticed this, I mean, my my older kid didn't have a lot of that stuff either, but you can see kids gravitating towards it. I can see in my, the kids in my family, uh, you know, they're like, Every five minutes, I mean, if you look at them, they're looking down at a tablet. I mean, so they're, they're like glued to these electronic devices. So we train them that way. So what I did with my kid is like, you know, when she wants to play with something, I give her a couple of boxes. And then, you know, she has to like, you know, and she, lo- I mean, like now I can't get rid of a box without her first using it to build something. She'll build cities with it and, you know, she'll put her toys in there and drag it around. And this kind of stuff has to be like, 
it's a it's a behavior that you train when the kids are young and and then the kids will learn not to in fact today she came home from music class because she had a you know they were, they were doing a project she's saying oh i need electronics i'm like no you don't need electronics you just need to record something which i'll be more than happy to do for you you know so yes I think it's it's important to first. We have know, to put in the work. Correct. Yes. We yeah. initial the yeah. initial work we have to put in, and once yep. the kids like realize that there's more fun in things outside of that little screen they're looking at, then they're going to do what's more fun because kids are more prone to gravitate towards fun, which is what I've learned even in like doing math. The more fun you incorporate, the faster they learn because even the concepts are taught using a game of some sort or you know so that that kind of stuff you know that's that's the work part that we got to put in which is not hard it's just like sometimes we have to like put the kids in in that position where we 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 tell them like look i know it's not convenient but this is the way it's going to be and we do a lot of camping and outdoor activities so she's more of an outdoor person every time the sun shines she wants to go outside so i'm like great go out because we grew up that way And and also, if your child wants wants electronics, and and you just say no, they're going to want it even more. You actually Mm -hmm. have to then say, "Hey, how about mommy goes outside and I'll play with you? How about we sit on the floor and play a game?" Mm -hmm. They will do that over the TV every single time. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're busy and we just say yes, watch TV, that's on us. That's a whole different story. But they will much rather play something and do something else with us anytime. Yeah. over the the Absolutely. iPad. My yeah. my daughter seven doesn't have an iPad, but her best friend does. And she always asks me, why don't I have one? And it's not that I don't let her watch TV. Mm-hmm. It's just I know once I, I get an iPad, it's going that's oh, gonna yeah. be it. It's gonna yeah, be gonna, yeah. that on the couch, in her bedroom, mm-hmm. anywhere she goes, she will have in the car, it, it's always gonna be something. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna hold off as long as I can for that. Yeah, and I think I think you know in a in a child the, the cognitive development and this is scientific. I mean, like you know the the neuroplasticity and all that stuff. That year zero to ten is I think where it's the max. So like that's the time frame that you need to use as much as possible to give the child the opportunity to expand on their creativity and their imaginative you know play and all that stuff. Because that, and after that, I kind of like plateaus out and, you know, like, you know, it's not as fast, the learning process. So I think if you can hold off till 10, then, you know, that then you've done your part. I mean, that's like, right. the great, that's the greatest gift you can give to the child. With now, electronics. Yeah. Right. And I, I have yeah. given her, like, I had a broken computer, a laptop that she's playing around with, and she has a, bro, you know, like a phone that broke and she wants, you know, with a pop socket or whatever. And so she, she kind of pretend plays with those things, which is fine. I mean, I have no problem with that. But she never, then, you know, when you do that, they kind of know the things, but they don't have it in front of them to constantly stare at. Correct. Uh, which is what you need to avoid, yeah. Yeah. And so so right now you're homeschooling your six-year-old, and what kind of schooling do you do? You know, there's different types of approaches. So what kind of approach to schooling do you do? Yeah, so I we kind of toyed around with that. I mean, we you know, threw stuff, ideas around for a bit, and then, you know, eventually I decided, I mean, like, for me, homeschooling had to be a process that was different than school. I mean, I didn't want to bring the school environment and drop it inside the house. I mean, to me, that wasn't the idea, because, you know, if you, like, I didn't want to make a schedule, make the kids sit through six hours of school, you know, at the house, because that, to me, that didn't quite 
give the idea of letting the kid's interest blossom out into what they should be. So eventually right. we decided to do unschooling, which I initially you know, thought was not, I thought that was basically meant like, you know, you don't do anything and the kid just learns on her own, but it's actually not. What I have learned over the year, last year of like officially being, you know, like in the schooling, you know, like homeschooling system is that if you let the child lead with their interests, they learn a lot better, a lot faster, and they retain what they learn. They do. Uh, so that's what we do. But we've on the, on, the, on the other side, since, you know, we haven't done this all our lives. I mean, I have taught different grades of, you know, I used to volunteer for the uh, fifth graders when I was, you know, back in uh, living in uh, another part of Ohio. I did junior achievement, which is kind of fun, actually, teaching kids about, you know, the village, the life and money and all that kind of stuff. They, they, uh, we we kind of use guidelines from like, so we like a program, like we use the good and the beautiful, you know, setup, but we use that to guide us, but we let the kid decide where to lead us. And, you know, that has worked very right, well exactly. for us and for her. And you're not held accountable to anybody. Like if your child does this curriculum, the good and beautiful, and she doesn't finish it, you're not grading no. it. You're mm-hmm. not seeing. No. Right. And then, right. you know. And, and that's amazing coming from someone so, so smart, uh, for lack of a better word, so educated that you are okay. Because I think right now it's ingrained mm-hmm. in us that if we don't start our child off on the right foot, they will never catch up. They have to start learning young. Yeah. They have to learn how to read by the time they're in kindergarten. But that's all false. Yeah. So tell me how, what you think about all that. Yeah, that, I don't think that is true at all. And I think we push our kids to do things that they're not ready to do. And then they don't learn it the way they should. Maybe they'll get ahead and they'll read a book at five, but that's not going to put them ahead at the end of the day. You know, when when they're older, you know, it's not going to have any major positive impact on what they're doing. I think the the better option is to uh, to observe. I mean, like no one knows your kid better than you do, right? So you you can you can right. observe and and figure out when your kid is ready to do something. And in in fact, I'll take the example of reading that you just brought up because you know we we used to read to her from the day she was born. So my wife has, you know, we have this routine, like every night we go to bed, we read a book or two. That's been going on for a while. And, you know, so gradually, you know, like we kind of, we watch her interest and see what she wants to read. And then we buy, you know, we we get her a little book and then we kind of like, we read one and you try to read the other. And, you know, like, and then if she doesn't want to do that, we'll read both. And then at some point, if you create that interest in the child to read, that's when that child is ready to read. Because, right. I mean, there is no date by which your child has to read. And I think that's the schooling concept that we have been so ingrained to believe that we need to come out of if you're going to homeschool. Because the home learning environment is a, you know, it's a constant process. And don't emulate school at home. That's one of the pieces of advice I can tell any parent. If you try to do that, you're going to frustrate yourself. You're going to get stressed out. Because then you're going to keep timetables and the kids don't learn that way. Most kids right. don't. The ones who go to school are forced to do it. So they do it. But then you can see, I mean, like so not only educationally, but socially and emotionally, they get, they get angry because they're not happy with what they're doing. And then you have all these, you know, angry kids running around. Hi, friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. 
Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. When we do school, and then the teachers are telling them they're falling behind yes, yeah. and they're not falling behind. Not. They just, it's like, it's like if you have a, a 18 month old, let's say a 15 month old child who is not walking yet, or is that doctor going to say your child's already falling behind? No, they just not there yet. So if your child is not reading in kindergarten, it is okay. And the more you push them, it's, it's only going to make it worse for them. But in what, what happens is when they get into first grade, they have to take uh, spelling tests and math tests. And this starts that test anxiety at such a young age. My daughter's seven and first grade doesn't take any tests. She doesn't know about test anxiety. And I think that's a good thing than her having to follow this rigid schedule of needing to learn and needing to know her math facts and her reading at such a young age. They do that over in other countries, Sweden, right? And is it Norway, maybe? They don't even teach them to write their names until they're seven. And the research behind that, that's been going on for decades. There's some Netflix videos. I haven't seen them in a really long time, but the kids are flourishing there and they start education very, at a much older age than we do. Yeah, in fact, some of the uh, the education, and that's one of the things, you know, before I forget, I want to mention that too. I mean, like one of the things that, that Sir Ken Robinson always mentions is that when you, so like you said, like, you know, when you push some kid to do something like testing or so even schools, right? From the day you go to school, their goal is to make sure you pass certain tests and then you, you know, you pass these tests to get into college. That's it. So they prep children for testing. I mean, the yeah, I mean, like, that's what schools do, right? I mean, I can remember when I was in school, all we did was we, the end goal of our education was to pass that one test that will get you into college. And this is what we do here. So, And then you have the standardized tests right. to make the, sure you're on track. On track, yeah. yes. So it's a testing mentality. Children are not learning concepts as much. They're learning things to pass a test. Right? right, which is completely different. So when you're homeschooling, don't I don't even I'm not even like I don't care about testing. All I care about right. is that the child has learned the concept and she's building up on it because yeah. testing doesn't matter. I mean, and I pass- know it's so hard. It's so hard for someone who's who's just getting in this, who's who's trying to understand because it's so normal for them for their children to be tested. How how is your child going to learn? How are they going to learn? But they are, they do not have to be taught to learn. They are learning. My mother-in-law always asks me, "Do you think if Asher went into public school, he would be on track with everybody?" And my answer is always cuz she always asks me like every quarter. I'm like, "No, he wouldn't be." But who sets those standards? Like, why is the government picking those standards for my son? My son might be better in some other things, but he doesn't have to follow this standardized testing or be able to be thrown back into public school and be where all the other kids are because he where is that? There there's such a range And could he pass tests? I mean, sure he could, but I don't think he, I don't know. We haven't even, it it doesn't matter to me whether he could fit in because when they're 18 or 19, all things equal, 
whether someone was homeschooled or unschooled or what, or someone went through high school for and got through 12 years of school when they're 18 or 19, it's all level playing field. If your child wants to go to college and be an attorney and they were homeschooled, they will figure it out and make it happen to go and be an attorney. Even if they were unschooled and had no formal education, they're old enough. Now they will figure out the study habits. They'll know how to do it and they'll make it happen. A child who got straight A's, can go on to law school, do the same thing. And then a child who was falling behind, who got, who was a C student their whole life in school can also go on and become a great attorney and get straight A's and go through law school. So it doesn't matter those first 12 years, but it's been really ingrained in parents' minds that those 12 years are super, super important for your child to succeed in life. And it doesn't. Yeah, and it's actually not. I mean, like, if you look at the, the science behind, you know, like, children and the, how they learn, and, and you know, there's, I, I have to, you know, like, I don't remember exactly where I read this, but they said, like, 50 to 100 hours of instruction is all a child needs to, for them to figure things out. And this could be spread out over any time. And then also, like, most of the, the things that a child will learn and the way they will learn is already in place within the first 2,200 hours or whatever. So it kind of like averages like zero to six years of their life. So parents need to understand that what the child learns before they go to school at home under their supervision and guidance is what makes them who they are when they're older. So that's a, that's a key point to remember because you have been, I mean, like parents have been the teachers of the kids before they go to school and get, you know, caught to the same, you know, model, right? I had an aha moment. I asked you, how long have you been homeschooling? And I loved it. You said officially one year, yeah. but unofficially six years, mm -hmm. because you have been home, quote, unquote, schooling mm -hmm. your child since they yeah. were born. Yeah. We're just not meant to think of it like that. Right. So I know for a mom who's thinking about homeschooling for kindergarten, the research shows maybe an hour of school a day, maybe an hour of doing some fun math, get some colored beans, get some fun things, make it fun, sit on the floor with them and make math. Don't even try reading yet. Like it's not even recommended yeah. homeschooling. Now, maybe do the alphabet with them, get them to learn mm -hmm. sounds, but make it fun. But I know it is so hard for people to understand, but an hour homeschooling, but why is it, why must... Why is it that the government has us going for seven hours? Yeah, yeah. So we have to think about why for the past 100 years have our kids been doing this model, right? Mm -hmm. They've been doing this model of seven hours a day, five days a week yeah. for 10 months. And our children uh, have gotten, I, I don't think they're coming out with kids are, are, it's not like everyone's coming out learning better, right? No. Our kids are having more learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more IEPs in mm -hmm. school than there ever were yeah. and so many other things. So we should be getting better at this, right. but it we're doesn't not. seem like we are. So what are your thoughts on a hundred years of schooling and we're not better at it? That yeah. tells me something's not working. No. And I think for, if you look at the global statistics, I mean, like there are 17 countries that actually produce kids who are way more, you know, like will beat us at, you know, any, almost every subject, right? And, and another statistic that is important for homeschoolers to know is 84% of home, you know, like 84% of the time a homeschooler is going to be a public school educated child on every subject. So homeschooling works. 
Now, the reason why public schooling is having these issues is because the children who are going into school are not, their health is compromised for starters, right? So they are not capable of, you know, like grasping these concepts because they are, and it's the whole one size fits all principle that I absolutely hated when I worked in healthcare. Because, you know, you can't fit everybody into that one, you know, one size fits all scheme, right? And and we have now 54% of our children are on some kind of medication because they're, you know, they're not healthy and we, we don't feed our kids proper. So like they're fed with all kinds of sugar and all this stuff that makes And their, dyes yeah, and chemicals, chemicals and oils dyes, yeah, from young ages, right? right Six right. months, we start so feeding we, them chemical potato chips and, right. and, and so, we all do it. I mean, it's hard to really get away from that. But, but there, there are still, even even if you do it, there are options that actually are not yes. as toxic as the ones as that bad. are like sold, right. you know, in general, you know, in stores, right? So all of Like these... I think they, um have you heard it? They, like Skittles, there's actually research out there that that's not even considered food. No. The, the chemicals in Skittles is actually toxic oh, and cancerous. Yes. And it's still, and it's still... <laughs> It's still on the market. If you go to to Europe, you don't see colored food. I mean, they've banned food colors and most of their colors come from vegetable dyes. Unlike here where we use, you know, FDNC, yellow, 40 and all red, blue, this stuff. And I, you know, in my practice, I do a biofeedback scan on everybody. And I have a few kids in my practice and almost every one of them will show sensitivity to food coloring. So food dyes are like one of the things that we should avoid, like the plague. Just not feed kids with that stuff, especially because it affects their learning ability because it affects their, you know, their brain. I mean, there's it's a neurotoxin. Yes, it's neurotoxic. Yeah, and so we put them in kindergarten mm-hmm. and you feed them sugary cereals yep. with milk and high high sugar juice. And then we send them to whatever grade they're in and they're supposed to sit still. Yeah. They, they, they can't, right, they, they, right. they can't sit still. They've just been sugared up They're, They need to get out and move and play and burn that off yeah. or shouldn't have it anyway. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you, all you have to do is also look at the lunches they provide at schools. I mean, the cheapest provider gets the, the bid, wins the bid. And, you know, they, they, I mean, that's not even real food. If you look at a lunch and there was a comparison done once in, you know, schools in Europe where they actually feed their kids real food. And then we look at here, which is packaged, you know, junk, box pizzas and, you know, macaroni and cheese and fried chicken and stuff. So it's everything we do to our kids in in the public education system is to not make them into critical thinking adults that are capable of doing great, you know, like things that they should have been able to do if they were not put in there into that mold and molded into something they were not. And then that, that to me is the saddest thing ever because watching my child, I mean, I, I'm so glad we made that decision to homeschool because she would not have been doing well looking at the way she learns now if she was ever in a public school in that situation. Right, right. So, you know. And, and same thing with, with, with my kids as well. I, I, I don't, I know that families that are, are listening to this that are, are thinking of homeschooling and it, and sending their child to school for seven hours, it makes sense because that's what they've been doing. But for when you're homeschooling, you look at that and you say, that's like a work day. That's like an adult work day. How many adults look forward to going to work and, mm-hmm. and spending their day at work? Yeah. Then they come home and they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. We're asking our children to not only do that, but now every minute of the day, they're being told 
like at least when you go to work, you get to have some, hopefully some creativity and you get to think and do what you want. You don't have someone in your ear. Okay, guys, turn to page this. Okay, guys, now do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, now stand up. Now get in line. Now do this. And then a kid doesn't want to do it. And it's like, no, you're misbehaving. I mean, they're just being told what to do all day long. They come home, they're exhausted and they want to sit around and do nothing. But when you homeschool, that won't happen. Your kid will not want to just sit around and do nothing. Mm -hmm. They will be curious. They will want to do things. They will want to explore. You you just have to think completely different. It's just a different mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to happen overnight, right? It's not going to happen maybe even the first year. It took me a couple years to understand unschooling. Mm -hmm. And we kind of did it for a few years as well. We had very little academics. I didn't do any English in my academics with my son, Asher, and he's going to a hybrid right now. And one of the classes is English and he's doing great in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, five years, he didn't have it. And now he does. He's older. He understands instruction. He doesn't mind doing it because he's only doing like schooling a few hours a week. But 35 hours a week for schooling is is a lot of yeah. school. And that doesn't even stop there either. I mean, one of the things that I could never understand is you, you go to school for seven hours and then you come back with a home workload that takes another seven hours to do, you know, at home. So, like, I, I just simply don't understand that because, you know, what are these kids doing in school, <laughs> right? I mean, right. It, it doesn't... So the, 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 When the, we were kids, homework was work that was not finished in school, right? Yeah. So now homework is the kids, I mean, is there an agenda? I don't know. Is there an agenda that now we want you to go home and study so you can't have fun and play and be with your friends or your family? Either that or they (laughs) use the school time to play out their various other agendas and they send the work down for the parents to do. So you might as well just homeschool because you're doing the work at home anyway, (laughs) right? I had asked my friend if her son could come over on a Saturday night at nine o'clock and shoot some pool with my son. And she called him and he was actually doing homework. He had some things to do on Sunday, so he couldn't come over, but he's doing homework on a Saturday at nine o'clock to them. It seems so normal. And to me, oh my gosh, it just, and I know it's taken, it takes a long time to actually realize that Mm -hmm. that is not good. That is not healthy, but it's so ingrained in someone's head. And I love this conversation because it really shows that that it's too much, but they are actually doing it, right? Yeah, like, are doing it's, it. I it's mean, normal like, for them. Right. And I mean, that could be normal if you're like in graduate school where, you know, you have to like that more work to be done. But I mean, if the elementary through, uh, you know, high school years, I mean, they're, they're, they should be able to learn the concepts in school and then kind of like work on them on their own. And if they can't do that, then there's something really wrong with the way that the kids are being taught. Okay, so it, that's my 100%. that's my that's my philosophy. Yeah. That's my idea about that. And I think most parents are afraid, and most parents are afraid of two things. One is that they may not be able to teach their children, and the second one is the time factor. And I think mm-hmm. you know, and I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm saying this because I thought of the same thing myself. I'm like, well, you know, I have this practice. I mean, like, will I be will I have the time? You, if you really teach concepts and allow the child to grow on them, you really don't need that much time i mean like we we sit down and and work maybe one or two hours a day the rest of it she does on her own okay and that that's how it should be and as far as like people homeschool working full-time jobs and you know i have like almost a full-time job but it's doable so you know i think we we should all and you can always pull your child out homeschool and you know like if you don't like it send them back to school that's doable too so that parents should investigate it because 
your child is going to learn what they need to learn much better under your guidance as a parent than they ever will under some stranger in school. Uh, that is who, so powerful. It's so who true. Who may or may not yep. have a different agenda than you do. I mean, you parents always want the best for their children. I mean, mm-hmm. I want the best for my child, so I would never do anything for to her or you know to her education that's going to make her not perform as an yeah. adult better. You know, but, and one uh, of the things you had said was about you did you know about someone doesn't know if they could teach their child. Mm-hmm. And someone might say, well, you're educated, you have this. But in this day and age, with the internet, with yeah. all of the resources out yes, there, yes. that shouldn't even be a question. No. The time the time that if you're working, that that's something you, you have to work out, yeah. but you'll figure it out. But the, the teaching, there is so much is. information. Yep. And if you want your child to go to college, you need your child to have great time management skills. Mm-hmm. So they need to learn independence. So homeschooling mm-hmm. is like really something good for that. So what do you see? Obviously you want the best for your child. So what do you see with, cause you already have a child that's in mm-hmm. college in medical school. What would you like to see for your, your second child? Are you one of those doctors and say, I want my, my daughter to go to medical school. What do you want no. for your, your child? Said, I didn't, I didn't want my daughter to go to medical school. She decided that. <laughs> I think as a parent, the way I look at it, and this is the way my parents look, did for us, and I, I think that was great. I mean, my my dad's no longer living, but my mother is still in Sri Lanka, and she they they gave us the education, and then they let us choose what we wanted to do. So we chased passion or dream or whatever we had, and I think I want that for my child too. I don't really care if she becomes. Uh, hopefully not another doctor, but something that she wants to do. And, you know, she she's very good. She I can see right now she's very much into the arts. I mean, she mm. loves drawing. And, you know, in fact, yep. she was, I had to go to the bank yesterday because I had to go to, for a bank appointment for this, you know, school board thing. She sat down there and she was drawing and, and, the, and the lady there, she made a comment. She's like, you know, you draw very well for your age. And, you know, that's because she's been drawing since she was three years old. I mean, I have boxes and boxes of paper that she won't let me throw that she has drawn on. She wants me to save all of it. So oh, I'll that's so awesome. a little bit, but you know, yeah. So let me add one last question. Let me ask you, what would you say? And I totally agree. I feel like if my daughter did art all day, I love it because she's really getting to dive in what she loves. Mm-hmm. But what about the parent that says, but don't you want to set your child up for the best success as possible when they get out of high school? So what would you say to that parent that thinks that homeschooling is not setting them up for success? Oh, I, I would say that statement is false to begin with because homeschooling is what is going to set them up for success. Because like I said before, your children are born with enough creativity in them. And homeschooling is the one way that is going to allow them to expand on that creativity. So, you know, if you want your child to be successful, let them explore and expand on that creativity. So that's, first of all, that statement should not be, you know, accurate. It's not right. accurate. It's an indoctrination, it's an, it's an indoctrination or lack of a better word. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, I'm trying to think of what, you know, how, how to say this. So, you know, I don't know. This is from The Secret. I don't know if you ever read this, uh, read The Secret, but it's a, you know. Of course. Book. Yeah. yeah. Tw- I, 15 years ago, I think. Yeah. yeah. Many, yeah. many, many years ago. But yeah. I remember this statement and that, Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or a goal. Yes. Oh, I love okay. it. 
So this yep. is this is straight from the secret. So I and and this is what I have based my life on. I don't think success means that you have a ton of money or you have houses, big houses, and all that stuff. That is not success. I know a lot of people who have those who are unhappy and unsuccessful. So That's success so means that you you find your what your child what your child's goals are, and if they you know they're, as long as they're worthy and ideal, make a progressive realization towards them, and then everything else falls into place. I mean, like you know, there's abundance yes. in the universe; these things will fall into place. You just have to not be unhappy at what you're doing. And I rem- I can tell you this for a fact: when I was working at the hospital, sixteen, fourteen, sixteen-hour days, I had money. I was not happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And 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 that changed the day I gave my resignation, came home, and I start, you know, I I started life all over again with a wow. six month old. Okay. So you know, wow. and now she's seven years old. I've watched her grow. I've watched every step of the way, every every milestone, every goal, everything. And that to me is priceless. It uh, is. If oh, anybody asks me it. if I'm successful, I'm going to say I am the most successful person that you'll ever meet. And you are, you have a daughter that you're homeschooling. You have a a, a holistic practice where you are helping people Mm -hmm. see that disease starts from the inside. It does not, all these things that we're taking, we are doing to our body. We need to, we need to heal from the inside and that will make our health so much better. You cannot rely on the medical Mm -hmm. doctors to get you well because they only have a pill to offer you and every pill has a side effect. And Mm -hmm. then the side effects, side effects can create more havoc. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Oh. And so thank you so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate talking to you and I am sure we will get to talk to you again. Thank you so much, Dr. Ravi. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling!